Hey everyone, thanks so much for your patience. Um, we did not mean to go two weeks without recording and actually we we recorded both weeks. Um, this is just totally my bad. Um, <laughs> I got backlogged with work and uh, just really didn't have a chance to uh, get in here and edit and publish. Um, so anyway, um, thank you for sticking with us and um, hope you enjoy this episode on uh, the four day work week, which we discussed last week and stay tuned in the next couple of days, I'll drop the other episode we worked on two weeks ago, which was about, uh, chat GPT. Uh, and it was right after that really creepy conversation that Kevin Roos had with, uh, Sydney, the chat bot from Bing. Uh, so hope you enjoy that conversation. Even though it's two weeks old, we will get that up and in your feed in the next couple of days. In the meantime, enjoy this episode from last week on the four-day work week. Welcome to Feminist Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting fire hose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week, we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we end with something hopeful. And just a reminder, if you're enjoying us to rate, review, subscribe, recommend us, uh, it really does help people discover us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, where you can also rate. Um, and if you want, you can follow us, uh, FWM Podcast on Twitter uh, and Feminist Without Mystique on Instagram. And uh, if you want to throw us a few dollars, you can always do that on Kofi, K-O-F-I. Um, and that is also much appreciated. Indeed. Indeed. And uh, my apologies for the, uh, we didn't post last week and then we recorded something. And so there's probably going to be two episodes dropping on Thursday, the chat GPT oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> The ChatGPT one from Friday, and then uh, and then the one today. So I do have some time tonight to actually get them both out the door. So Ooh, bonus, folks. Bonus. Wow. I know. It's just everyone's lucky, lucky day tomorrow. <laughs> it is. They have been blessed. They have been blessed. Well, what's what's new? We didn't talk about what's happening in the news. I mean, it seems like East Palestine's. Uh, Things are happening there still. Yeah. Trump visited and said that you're not forgotten. And, you know, people are sus of Trump as as per usual. But, right. um, you know, he did gut train safety regulations, which is something to consider. Um, and there's still kind of some questions around what exactly is going on. Is it safe? Is it not safe? What can people do? Mm -hmm. um, it just seems kind of like a disorganized mess at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, but from the last I heard, they're saying the water's safe. The soil's not always safe. People are reporting like symptoms and things like that. And so I think as we said um, previously, I think we're just going to continue to see how this uh, plays out, but it is really concerning. And of course it is like a working class town. Mm -hmm. um which tend to get less uh you know less care less tlc than the uh the fancy the fancy places 
Well, yeah. I mean, it's sort of interesting, and especially when you say it that way, it feels like um, they get a lot of TLC when it comes to the election. And, you know, in the run-ups to the midterms and the elections, of course, they, you know, were it's all about what are the people of rural Ohio think. Um, mm-hmm. But then there's a, you know, potentially toxic spill and suddenly it's there's less coverage, less interest. All the politicians aren't flocking there, you know. Mm-hmm people just use it for whatever their own political ends are like look i hope it's not toxic i hope it's safe i hope you know like i want it to be safe i think that like there's this gradual deregulation and this allowance of profits over people that um and and safety um deprioritizing safety and it's kind of all legalized here um at the just because it's like cheaper to do other things um Mm -hmm. and give big payouts to your shareholders and the top executives like so you know I I hope that this was maybe a wake-up call and will cause other companies to think like maybe we should think twice before you know we make the cheaper decision or the obviously more dangerous decision Mm -hmm. because oftentimes the cheaper decision is only cheaper in the short term right and only by like the metric of money Mm -hmm. and often when you measure by the metric of the well-being of humanity <laughs> and even money over time sometimes um, yeah. the long-term costs can outweigh the benefits and, and often do so <laughs> we'll see and apparently i guess biden has been polling better and trump <laughs> has been polling worse can we oh not fucking God. have these two again oh, like again though like I, I guess that's good but like fucking fuck fuck can we not i don't i've seen this show i don't want to watch it again i i don't want the same outcome i don't want a different outcome i just want as we've said i just want joe biden to go to a speech house with jill Mm -hmm. have some family time live his his little life out there trump can go to jail and someone new perhaps can take can take the stage yeah i'm not interested in this rerun yeah i and i guess i wonder if if trump's uh i mean trump if biden's uh, approval has gone high has spiked because of his visit to his secret visit to ukraine yeah Um, that was another kind of big thing in the news Mm -hmm. pretty impressed that he got there without people really knowing um yeah that's pretty pretty sneaky yeah, he showed some some solidarity for sure, um, which it does seem like this is one of those global conflicts where the vast, vast majority of people are recognizing um, who the, you know, guilty actor is, mm-hmm. which is obviously Putin. And I mean, some to be fair, sometimes in conflicts, it's not always cut and dry, but in this particular scenario, it's, it's pretty... Pretty it's clear, pretty, pretty, pretty clear. clear that Putin's not a good boy, and he's didn't he like not renew the nuclear arms agreement? Yeah, that was did a I see that when I was scrolling? Oh, yeah, no. and that China. Um, it was sort of like a one-two punch from the news on these like very stressful, but I just put them aside because I don't know what else to do with them. Stressful mm-hmm. news items. Um, China is also potentially like giving like is going to give military aid to Russia. Um, So that feels, that makes, makes me unsettled. Um, I don't love it. I don't love that with the balloon. I don't. mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Well, cool. So 
so we're as always uh it seems uh, we're <laughs> teetering on the edge of uh total destruction um yeah <laughs> so fun always always the case it seems but yeah. Mm-hmm. what if we didn't have to work so much oh <laughs> let's talk about it i would do, love do, that do. yeah the there was a, a study in the uk recently um well the results came out recently that ended up supporting um the idea that workers uh feel better and are happier and their draw like the, their workplaces do better they earn more revenue um when people don't have to work so fucking much and they're more productive. Mm. So like when they cut uh, employee hours down, um, they had all these like positive findings, like for instance, like cutting from 40 hours to 32 hours a week, but not not like adjusting pay, Mm -hmm. still paying them the full-time salary. Um, People got more done. Yep. Um, They were happier. They reported that they had more time in their lives to do other things, um, which people who worked in certain fields, use that time for exercise. People who worked in more physically taxing fields use that time for rest. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, wow, it was good for humans. And the vast majority of the companies in the survey kept that reduced schedule, which I feel like speaks volumes, you know? Totally. And wasn't it 91% of companies like, or something like that? Uh, that's, That's enormous for like, Businesses across sectors, including like banking and Mm -hmm. um, no, I mean, it's it's really inspiring. Uh, I I feel like I would be more productive with a four day work week. I I do think it's it's Mm -hmm. almost it feels close to a universal truth that you would be able to condense your work because people I mean, unless you're on a your work, you're a shift worker, you're kind of like a frontline worker. I mean, you, you are not on desk workers for sure. I mean, you are not like work working eight hours a day for five days a week. So the grind Mm -hmm. of like pretending you are and like (laughs) trying to pretend like you have an output that is like actually eight hours a day or, or more five days a week. Um, and maybe also, I mean, I didn't really think about it until now, but a four-day work week probably also helps with the expectations around remote work. Like, mm-hmm. if you're someone who's, I mean, because the lines of the workday are already so blurred mm-hmm. that if you have three days that are technically off, it maybe makes it a little more bearable if your day sort of like starts at 7 a.m. sometimes and ends at mm-hmm. 6 on on other days, it you might be able to bear that a little bit more knowing that like, okay, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm actually pretty much functionally off. Yeah, Um, no, totally. And it's like, I feel like with the five day work week, Saturday, like one day is just like chores. And one day if you're lucky is like kind of recovery. Right. With also like dread. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Mixed in there. Yeah. And, like revenue actually like increased um, over the study period too. And this was during the, and during the great resignation, it was, this was the period of time the study was being conducted and people were less likely to quit during the trial. So during the period of time when people as a whole were more likely to say, fuck this, I'm leaving mm-hmm. the people in the study were more likely to stay. Um, they were less likely to call out. I mean, it's just, yeah, you know, hit after hit. And it's like, and, shift workers 
you know, you can, instead of working whatever day, you can work Monday through Thursday. You can work Tuesday through Friday. You can, you know, like there's, I feel like very few professions where you can't apply this in some, in some way, shape or form. Um, Yeah. I I feel like it's also a way to claw back um, some dollars that you lose from inflation. Mm -hmm. Like uh, suddenly you're getting paid the same amount for less, quote unquote, you know, less work, even though that's not really true. It's just more efficient work. Ends up being more work. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. So at least like, and it, maybe it's just a mental thing, a mental game of playing, but it's like, mm-hmm. well, at least I'm getting paid the same amount and I have a little bit more free time to like live a more balanced, fulfilled life with friends and family mm-hmm. and hobbies and side hustles. Like so many, so many ways in which that you can be a better person through like a more enriched and balanced work life. Yeah. And like, I, I hope, I really, really, really hope we can, we can move from the 40 to the 32 model. And I mean, the 40 hour work week became the norm back when, back in the industrial revolution, yeah. get out your history textbooks, yeah. um, where it was typical for people to be working six days a week, uh, 12 hours a day. Um, and then the labor movement happened and, um, eventually the work week was shortened down to, um, 40 hours a week with Henry Ford and the uh, assembly line employees, um, et cetera, et cetera. And the thing about now is between 1979 and 2020, the productivity of the um, typical U S worker increased over 60% with average pay only increased 17%. So it's Mm -hmm. like when Mm -hmm. you have productivity increasing companies making more and more profits but employees aren't getting to see that those profits. It's like mm. the people at the top of the companies are making more money, even though they're, are they putting in more work? I don't know. Um, right. And people who own stock in the company are making more money. So it's like, if you're putting in all of this work, why? Like it's so demotivating to, um, to be putting in, more and more work or being more and more productive due in part to like technological advances and stuff and not being like not seeing the the impacts of that right so it's i like this like reduced um work week because it's, it just feels like the humane and logical fucking thing to do like it's yeah. it's so such a no-brainer and i think people particularly on the right are so quick to be like lazy bad yeah. work more work more and it's like work smarter, you know, like, yeah, like work more efficiently. Everybody wins. Like there, this idea that you have to just be like clocked in a certain amount of hours a week is so fucking stupid. Like why, <laughs> why? If like, if yeah. the job gets done mm-hmm. faster, everyone's happier. The, the humans doing the job can like be human beings. Yeah. And then they're more loyal to the company and like everyone's happy. So yeah. If we're gonna have to live in a capitalist society, um, can we at least can we at least do this? You know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's so um, it just would foster so much more goodwill. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that there's such resentment, and it, it it can be at any job, but when you're like 
working and feeling mm-hmm. like you can't get ahead on your life on life stuff and like yeah there's just no time for anything else or you're cramming things in and then it's like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the queen of like running around like chicken with my head cut off like and even hilariously with like remote work it's mm-hmm. still like I'm rushing around gotta take mm-hmm. the dog out in between meetings gotta make dinner gotta mm-hmm. do other errands I don't know it's just like um I I hope that the paradigm shift like really does truly happen in a way that um can enrich workers and in its own way become it like some sort of small labor revolution. I mean, I don't I would support yeah, more. Yeah. <laughs> more of this, please, but hey, yeah. it's a start. You know, starting here like let's raise the minimum wage and cut the the typical work week. Yeah. And yeah that's a good starting point i think um every, like it's just like everyone fucking wins and like everyone they're does. why are like you know there's there, i guess there's some like dead bill in california that, that's trying to do this um mm. and like what like tr- like why why do you think people are against like people who are against this are against this what like why i i know like for me i know i feel like some of it is like the conservative idea of you need to be working more hours mm-hmm. yeah you must work more even though the unemployment rate right now is what like 3.2 percent the lowest like people have jobs yeah. and they're still not making ends meet mm-hmm. got, like this gig economy where off you know when you work for certain like apps and things like that you're making less than minimum wage right um it's just it's fucked up like the unemployment rate is not speaking for what's actually going on in the workforce and uh, I mean it's good that it's that it is low yeah I guess but like what what is the what is the employment satisfaction rate (laughs) yeah yeah you know that's such a good point yeah why do you why do you think um why aren't we doing this why 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 are we who who is who is like we must keep it 40 hours why (sighs) You know, I feel like it is the, this sounds so like freshman year of college, but like the corporate overlords, but it really <laughs> feels like, you know, the very, the most elite kind of people who are mm-hmm. making most of the decisions at the very top. And the money, yeah. And the money, and then they're hoarding the money. They are really hoarding the money. Um, if they concede on this, the concessions they're worried would like be their undoing. And we Mm -hmm. all hope they're, you know, we are all like fingers crossed. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, okay, if you pull at the, (laughs) is this from Zoolander? Was, is this an actual phrase? I know you pull at the the sweater, the whole thing is going to (laughs) unravel. Both. Okay. Real and I pretty positive in Zoolander. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, like, I do think it's it's one of those things, and so it, it it behooves the people who are who have all the power and the money and the resources and the influence to keep things the way they are to kind of keep their foot on the backs of 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 the average worker. Um, it's another reason why I think there's a lot of um, there was a my dad sent me like a caricature of this or a cartoon of this in the last year, but it was basically like this jar where all the um 
like a lot of uh, just people uh, are arguing um, about different social issues, like niche, niche-ish social issues, but kind of tearing each other apart. And then outside of the jar are these like big fat capitalists with the monocles and like top hats. And they're just like, and they have dollar bill signs and they're just kind of like sneering and happily watching as everyone, as all, everyone else of the same sort of lower quote, I'm saying lower class in relation to like these like fat capitalist you know, industrial. Yeah. Their perception, of their perception. Like we're all at, at a certain level ripping each other to shreds and it benefits them for us to be very um, preoccupied with that rather than thinking of this as a class issue and these things as, as really like class struggles to be fought um, in a, in a unified way. Um, So I, I, I do think that from the most cynical perspective, it's like, and and maybe there are people changing slowly. I mean, I feel like I, I've had a couple of interesting conversations because of work stuff with like leaders of relatively large companies who are rethinking the way that they um, onboard employees and, mm-hmm. you know, the digital transposable skills. Like um, one woman was telling me about how they now are looking at um, – people's CVs and seeing like, if you're a hospitality worker, how can that translate into like, um, working in, uh, healthcare? Like, and of course you couldn't just go from in hospitality to being like an RN or an MD, but you could be in a, you could be in a, that hospitality role has so many transposable skills. Mm -hmm. And so I, I thought that I, I think there's a lot of like, out of the box thinking that is happening. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's like really trickled to trickled down and really become part of the cultural zeitgeist yet. Yeah. I mean, that would be great if they, if there's so many jobs where they're just, all they care about is X amount of years of experience in the specific thing. And it's like, if you invest in the right person with the right, like, skill set and the right like potential like that's a much better investment than just being like yes you did this thing for this amount of time like obviously like experience in some situations is necessary or important but um Mm -hmm. it's you know humans are individuals and can can meet different potentials and can transfer skills from from one uh from one place to another and isn't that a beautiful (laughs) a beautiful thing you know and yeah i guess if we had this if workers had this uprising and full time became less and we had more time to ourselves, more power. Mm-hmm. What else might we want to do? We might start feeling like, oh, we're not just like cogs in the system, punching in, punching out, sleeping, going back, you know, because it really does like I mean, there are plenty of people who work 80 hours, whatever. Like this is not saying that a 40 hour work week is like the you can't you can't survive it, you know, but it's just because there are people who work 60 hours, 80 hours, 100 hours, whatever, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that 40 hours needs to be the standard either. You right. know, it's like, I feel like that's another argument that, I, again, with conservatives, I see a lot where it's like, well, I do this. Right. <laughs> so why should you not have to do that? It's like, well, maybe everyone, you know, should be able to choose mm-hmm. this option that is shown to benefit everybody. And if you want to like pick up extra hours and do that, like go nuts. It's just, you should be able to make a living wage at 32 hours a week. I think. Um, Yeah. 
especially with the stuff from the study that's showing and they're going to keep replicating the study as well. And, and, um, you know, in other places and whatnot, but it's, it's just, can we, can we let some, the people have a little power in this fucking hellscape? Like, can we have this this little win, like some fucking time? Like, yeah. The way that the capitalism just like steals from the individual and pur- and like purports itself to be the system that is good for individuals. It's just it's so fucking stupid. Mm. Yeah, give me my money. I'll do a job, but like <laughs> me, <laughs> I know, I know. It's like ideally you wouldn't have to do a job to guarantee that you would have access to healthcare. Health, and, yeah. You know, like what the eat, fuck? Food and <laughs> yeah, yeah, roof basic. Over your head. <laughs> yeah, humans should have access to these things. Like. Yeah, we the United States having the most expensive prescription medication in the world. Oh, it's awful. No, like it's people go to other countries and they're just like flabbergasted, and it's just so it's like we're putting in all this time to work to try to make ends meet, and then throwing so much money towards healthcare, and like God forbid some medical issue comes up you can't afford and you can't finance or whatever, and then you can't make other payments, and then you're homeless. And then it's just it doesn't and we need to fucking treat human beings like human beings and Mm -hmm. provide them treatment when sick yep um pay them a wage that allows them to exist in the world right um, regardless of what their occupation is and like not have this idea that well if you're doing this you should like oh if you're flipping burgers we should have got a better job like (laughs) Then who's going to make you your fucking burger? And why is there not value in that work? And why does, like, people just, like, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's just uh, heartily agree. And I'm just, I'm just looking and wondering, yeah, if there's any, um, if there's any chance that we'll be able to make that transition. Like I hope so. I mean, <laughs> God, like the amount of like awful, like cataclysmic things that happen with like regularity. Mm-hmm. Like you think just per- by chance a good, a great thing could could happen. Um, yeah, <laughs> on this scale. Although I guess you could argue that a lot of the cataclysmic things were the result of naughty people. Yeah, <laughs> um, who also with too much power. Um, who also might want to prevent the good things from happening. Oh, oh so yeah. We just have to get take them out. Not not murder. <laughs> I'm not advocating for murder. Just no, like out no. of their positions of power. Yeah. You know. Not by murder. <laughs> not my to be clear. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. It's just like many of the issues in our society, it's all rooted in inequity and yeah. greed and bullshit that doesn't need to and like misinformation and convincing people of one thing when in reality it's something it just uh, gets my goat anyway totally less working hours more money please yeah exactly and uh deliberate misinformation or it benefits the same people who are gonna really resist the four-day work week and make everyone feel like it's because millennials and gen z are lazy you know and it's really like actually that is that is far from the truth right it's like when we get more data we change in theory when we have more data we we 
and that data indicates something would be better Mm -hmm. across the board, it's a logical thing to implement that data. And if that means working less hours, that doesn't mean you're lazy. That just means that's where the data is taking us. And we're also human beings. Like, let us, let us live. It's just, we don't, we don't need, like, we don't need to work ourselves to the bone. We don't. We really don't. We really don't. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> have, to, don't. It doesn't have to be structured this way. It's not this way everywhere. Um, like, in the U.S., like, we really do tie career and what your job is with, like, who you are, how successful you are, how important you are, mm-hmm. uh, which is another fucking scam. Yeah. You know, like, we're all yeah. people and we all have value and, yeah. Yeah. Fuck, fuck it, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Agreed. Hardy, agree. <laughs> great, great debate, as always. Oh, it was robust. Fine points on both sides. Both sides. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, does this mean that we're actually going to have a We See You se- we segment? <laughs> did it. I feel like confetti should be flying down <laughs> from the skies. Oh, we're, we really we're, seeing. we're yeah. seeing it. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And now for We See You. Great. Arkansas. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. This is, mm. Yeah. In Arkansas, um, some Republican lawmakers have proposed a bill um, to put up a statue uh, in honor and memorializing unborn fetuses. Um, they want to put this up on Capitol grounds in Little Rock, and they're saying that they want to memorialize, quote unquote, the lives lost before Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, so, and the legislation, a quote from it is, as a memorial to the lives lost from 1973 to 2022 due to the decisions of the United States Supreme Court, and as a constant reminder of our duty to protect the life of every innocent human person, no matter how young or old, or how helpless and vulnerable they may be, it is the intent of da, 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 um, to to put forth this monument. Mm. Um, mm. And again, as with so many of these these things, you're explicitly saying that you want to protect the life of like every human person, no matter their age, no matter their situation. Let's look up, I mean, I guess I could have done this, but let's, <laughs> like, let's look up these lawmakers and their records on other things you know like providing um universal health care providing you know aid to families in poverty providing resources to school you know like are Mm -hmm. you are you actually invested in this idea or do you just want to put up a statue about quote-unquote the lives lost when um people had before you know roe v wade was overturned Mm -hmm. um very stupid, very disgusting. Um, what about like the lives that have been and will be lost from people who can't obtain abortions that are medically necessary? Um, you know, what about that monument? It's just, it's such like a performative yeah. and um, stupid thing to do. Like there are, I'm sure in Arkansas, as with everywhere, but I'm sure in Arkansas, there are other things you could do to help out your constituents other than this like abortion sadness monument um like what a fucking waste of time energy boo 
Boo. Missing, <laughs> yeah. Unnecessary, missing the point, and uh, painfully stupid. So Arkansas, we see you. Well, I guess not the entire state, but the Republican state lawmakers that put forth this bill, we see. It's just so, yeah, like you said, I mean, performative and like, yeah. ugh, as usual, the only, they say they care about these things until, you know, challenged with literally any other type of life. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then they'll just be, they won't, they, they've never heard an art, like a, a reasoned argument from them no. about like the difference either. No. Oh, absolutely not. Because there isn't one. There isn't one. Mm. Um, all right. Adrian, Adrian, Adrian. Curry, she's the winner of um, America's Next Top Model season one, which like, whoa. Oh, I'm glad you're doing this one. Yeah, that was a different lifetime. Okay. Yeah. Um, So she is rightly receiving backlash after she like essentially just body shamed um, Melanie Linsky. She's Melanie Linsky, who is a wonderful actress. We love her. This is a Melanie Linsky stan podcast. Uh, (laughs) Even if we haven't actually expressed that, she's so great. (laughs) Yeah. Just so much love for her as an actress. Um, So Melanie Linsky is in The Last of Us, the post-apocalyptic zombie mushroom (laughs) fungus drama. (laughs) Plus... Um, beautiful man yeah plus pedro pascal Mm, yummy yummy (laughs) daddy (laughs) um so anyway adrian curry like out of nowhere it's kind of one of those things where like it's like the meme where it's like no one and then dot 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 not a single fucking soul (laughs) then it's like adrian curry who tweets a picture of Melanie Linsky from a photo shoot for In Style. So, like, not actually from The Last of Us. Not that this mm-hmm. is even, not that it even matters, but she tweets a picture of Melanie Linsky and goes, Her body says life of luxury, not post apocalyptic warlord. Where is Linda Hamilton when you need her? <gasps> oh. And then Melanie Linsky gets like replies to her and says first this is a photo from my cover shoot for in style magazine not a still from hbo's the last of us and i'm playing a person who meticulously planned and executed an overthrow of fedra i'm supposed to be smart ma'am i don't need to be muscly that's what henchmen are for which was like kind of a cute witty way to snap Mm -hmm. back at her but really the body shaming is absolutely out of this world melanie linsky not only is beautiful and it doesn't really like it it, it, it's kind of beside the point but the photo from in style is like an actual like a beautiful photo of her and um i also i also just love that Melanie Linsky is like looks like a real human being in everything that she's in um so I always really appreciate that and she's beautiful it's not like oh my god how brave of her to like be amongst yeah, us like objectively like meets the like, standards of yeah you know normative beauty standards yeah um so it was just like what is wrong with you first of all going after her and that body shaming her just being a total like asshole um so i mean i was glad to see that um other people kind of jumped on this and called out adrian curry and she had to now she's deleted her twitter account like 
this is not the type of thing where like she's ever going to be fully canceled and I don't even know who she is or I didn't remember who she was until this incident. So like, it's not a huge deal. She's a small person and, um, you know, (laughs) I I mean, honestly, it's like, what, what type of person just decides to kind of, yeah, like go out of their way on a random day to tweet fucking small person, a small person. Like, so yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of bullying. I think it would really make me, um, I mean, if I were Melanie Linsky, I don't think I'd be able to, uh, gracefully respond the way that she did. Um, but yeah. So anyway, just to call that out, we see you to uh, Adrian Curry. Good. I'm glad you did that. When I saw that, I was just like, fuck you, man. Like, yeah. ugh, you don't need to Come waste on. internet space on this. No. Uh, all right. Speaking of wasting space, Governor Tate Reeves. All right. Mississippi. <laughs> okay. We're down there. M-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. That's where the things are. Oh, man. Everywhere. But, um, there is a bill um, that is just basically waiting for Governor Tate Reeves to sign it. And based on everything he has said and done, he will sign it, um, which is going to make Mississippi the third state this year to ban gender affirming health care for um, trans kids under 18. Here we are again. Um, I feel like every day every week there's a new assault on the rights of trans people of trans kids and the the name so it's called the regulate experimental adolescent procedures or the reap act it's just like yeah gross on like a few different levels Um, yeah yeah they're they're not there aren't they're not experimental um Mm. procedures but it basically would ban the standard treatment um, as these other bills have for minors seeking gender affirming medical care. Um, Things like puberty blockers. And they would do this by outlawing any organization that provides these procedures from receiving public funds. So like a hospital who provided that care, a healthcare facility that provided that care wouldn't receive state Medicaid dollars. Um, So now Mississippi has joined Utah, South Dakota, Arkansas, and Alabama in passing the laws. Um, the reason why it's the third one rather than the fifth is that Arkansas and Alabama's laws are currently held up in court, but um, Texas and Florida bans have have been allowed. Um, there, another thing I, I think to mention, even though it's like why, like why do the people who are against trans kids and trans people care so fucking much? Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't understand something, mm-hmm. think, is this hurting anyone? And if you think, yes, and I must act out, do some research. <laughs> um, because in this case, you'd find that laws like the REAP Act are the, th- or bills like the REAP Act are the things that are actually hurting people. Um, and, you know, like the backwards, ignorant thinking that trans kids shouldn't have access to these um, gender affirming you know, it's gender affirming medical care, but they're not receiving gender affirming surgeries as minors. Like I've seen that misinformation out there. Mm-hmm. Like we're really going to let like eight year olds have like these invasive surgeries where their genitals are, are changed or removed. It's like one stop caring about these people's genitals too. Mm-hmm. That doesn't fucking happen. That would never happen. That's wildly irresponsible and is not a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
puberty blockers don't you can go off of them um Mm -hmm. you know it's not a, a permanent thing and the thing is the medical providers who provide these treatments to their patients um these kids they're assessing them <laughs> you know yeah. they're they're working with them they're the medical professionals mm-hmm. and maybe they should be making medical decisions with the families rather than random fucking people who don't understand what's happening and don't have either the the will the intelligence the desire whatever to actually think about what's going on do like any amount of research mm-hmm. um and just to reiterate, uh, uh, Mickey Stratos, the president of the Spectrum Center of Hattiesburg, said something in a statement um, that I feel like is a good summation of it, which is that access to gender-affirming medical care is a top indicator of healthy and positive outcomes for trans people. To criminalize that care is a direct assault on the physical, emotional, and mental health of trans youth, and we will see negative outcomes for our tra- trans youth and their families as a result. Which, yeah, that like, we know, like we've said it on this podcast, it's readily available information that when you deny these kids access to the care that they need, it's really bad for them. Um, It leads to very understandable uh, mental health issues, much higher rates of suicidality and suicide attempts um, because you're being denied medical care and treatment that you need. Like, Mm -hmm. and also been, you know, just with laws like this, bills like this, they're treating one part of the population as less than another part of the population. It's a denial of, of civil rights. Um, and we need to all be very, very like on high alert about this shit. And, you know, if you're cis and you hear, or you see someone spewing like ignorant shit, uh, hateful shit, misinformation, you gotta correct it. Like, we all as individuals have a responsibility with this um, because this onslaught is just, it's continuing, it's gaining momentum. You know, there continue to be like record numbers of anti LGBTQ legislation and bills and things. So anyway, we see you yeah. <laughs> to, um, to governor Tate Reeves, to those in Mississippi who, um, decided to put forth and pass this bill um, and to all the supporters who are endangering the lives of children because they're fucking assholes. Um, We see you. Yeah, we see you. Uh, Continues to be a very just disappointing time to (laughs) to be. (laughs) To be. I mean, especially with this. This is a tough issue. It's really tough that people um, really want to just this is the hill so many people want to die on and it, mm-hmm. it's just very ups- it, it makes me very sad it makes me very very sad mm-hmm. um yeah i agree um so there's this company called clark's world which is uh a like independent publication that you can submit i think it's a sci-fi magazine that where you can like submit your own stories and anyway this is just kind of to follow up from our chat gpt um conversation from last week the like there's going to be so many downstream effects and this is just one that i saw um which is basically that they sent out a tweet yesterday that said submissions are currently closed it shouldn't be hard to guess why and basically it's because of the record like just exponential number of submissions they've been getting that have been ai generated 
um, which is just sad for all the people who rely on like submitting content and like original ideas and they get money back or like you get it for your CV. Um, this I thought was, you know, it, it's maybe a relatively small, small scale magazine, but um, it's a pretty uh, sad. It, it's pretty sad. And um, apparently they I'd read that they they pay their writers probably better than a lot of other places. So um you know, just because it's in this industry and it's a little bit smaller scale doesn't mean it's coming for everyone else um, with this chat GPT thing. So um, this is just kind of a quick, like, we see you follow up in terms of uh, the ways in which um, the AI chatbots, I think, can kind of have have already sort of started. They're already on their, um, they're already on a path uh, and hopefully that path can be curbed, but um, like, horses out of the stable trains left the station it's uh we're on our way here and uh we'll see probably lots more of these types of stories uh as we get down you know go down the road of this this new world of chat gpt spooky mm-hmm. <laughs> spooky spooky all right alabama Oh my gosh! You are just like one, two, three, bing, bang, boom. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I, I follow, <laughs> follow where they take me. Um, yeah, this one is really. I mean, they're all disgusting, disturbing. Um, Anthony Mitchell was arrested um, after he, his family had called for a wellness check, and he allegedly fired a gun during that, and then he was in jail for um, two weeks until he was taken um to a medical center and they're like i don't know what happened he's unconscious um apparently when upon arrival uh his body temperature was 72 degrees um which is more than 20 degrees lower than typical um and they tried to resuscitate him but pronounced him dead uh, obviously um and what came out was that it was likely that he was put in a restraint chair in the jail kitchen's walk-in freezer oh. and left there for hours um and then how this came to light is a corrections officer from that jail who has since been fired she she heard about that something sketchy had ha- happened and she looked at the tapes the security tapes and saw the tape of his like limp body being carried out when they had claimed Whoa. that that ha- that he was fine when he left um and so she she's the one who she recorded the on her own device she recorded the footage because they were going you know and mm. she shared that and she previously had one like corrections officer of the month they fired her um Mm. after she came forward that officers let like murdered this man um in a really i mean there's no kind way to murder somebody i guess but in a really i mean torturous evil way um so not only did they kill this man um, who it sounds like was having mental health issues, but they fired the corrections officer who basically was the whistleblower 
which again, when you go back to the like bad apples, good apples, the debate, like this would, I would argue would be like, if we're going to do the good apple thing, this would be an example of a, a good apple police officer or corrections officer, someone who sees something wrong and comes forward and then they're fired. So it's like the culture is not rewarding and it's not doing anything to reward that. And if she didn't come forward, like with so many instances of police brutality where there's not, because even sometimes when there is ev- like video evidence, there's a hard time, um, you know, getting justice. Yeah. But c- without any video evidence, where would this have gone? Um, so wow. we see you um, for this like wildly, wildly fucked up situation. And how many more, of, like, how much does this happen without us even knowing it? So much. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's awful. That is me. <laughs> um, okay. Last we see you is um, just a little spooky global warming-y thing. Um, no. Just to close things off. Uh, the sweet ice shelf and I might be mispronouncing Thwaite but it's a huge glacier um, in West Antarctica and it's the size of Florida and it's um, it's a it's supposed to sink into the ocean any day now and uh, it holds enough ice to raise the global sea level by 65 centimeters which is about two feet and that's according to the scientific american but it would destabilize so much more of the west antarctica ice sheet that it it might it could raise sea levels by 3.2 meters which is more than 10 feet which is like Mm. a huge fucking problem for like you know everyone everywhere and um it could happen any day now um it's uh being referred to as the doomsday glacier in some uh (laughs) in some news articles Uh, where did i just see the doomsday glacier oh i think i saw it first in democracy now it's on the where, where they reported it's on the verge of collapse with warm water seeping under the weakest parts and melting it from below um a robotic submarine just took a peek and it's um susceptible to rapid and irreversible ice loss so yeah that's gonna be a problem whenever that happens and it just sounds like it might happen basically any day now which i is another thing where it's like i i don't really know what i don't know what to do with that and also when it sinks into the ocean does that cause like and cause <laughs> How fast is are we talking? I mean, like the water moves, right? So, like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. How fast are how fast is the sea level going to rise? Is it like within a couple of days, a, a day, a few hours? I I just I have questions about about this um, that are like practical and logistical, and also mm-hmm. like you know. Anyway, it's anyway, so I'll I'll leave us all with this. You know, terrifying we see <laughs> thanks you're <Scary>. welcome <laughs> Spooky. um good things cool yeah um so as many know in the in terms of disparities racial disparities um racial inequities in healthcare there are many including when your healthcare provider um a lot of times your textbooks the way that you're taught you're taught with 
people that have light skin, um, mm-hmm. you're taught, you know, with the images that you that you see in your textbooks, with the, you know, with all the research, there's just a huge bias um, toward lighter skinned people, and this leads to negative outcomes. This and many other things like biases um, in healthcare lead to negative outcomes for people that have darker skin. Um, but there is new research um, that could help uh, medical professionals and police detect bruises more accurately on people with dark skin um, who it's been found sometimes their their injuries aren't taken as seriously I mean for a number of reasons but they're not recorded even accurately like the mm. the scale of the bruising and it can be due to just it, like not the provider not knowing and not understanding because they didn't get the training and they didn't you know work too anyway there was this um study that found that blue or purple light is five times better at detecting bruises on patients with darker skin um and because they were able to do this research we now know this and that can be applied in caring for for people who do have darker skin tones uh, when Mm -hmm. they're receiving care so it's it's one small victory um but it's heartening to see like medical research at least beginning to focus on that Um, because there have been other studies that have come out about you know different types of products or medical screening things that don't work as well on people with darker skin so Mm. this I'm glad to see that the study happened and hopefully the information will be disseminated um, in a way that we can see better care yeah so good yay medical research that's taken into account racial disparities and inequities yeah that's really great and it's just another one of those things that like I would never I just did not think about I did not know but it makes a whole lot of sense as soon Mm -hmm. as you say it like wow um well that's great my other my only good thing that I saw was uh that decision that we talked about a couple weeks ago with the Florida Athletic Association they were wanting um athletes to require um, they were trying to require athletes to disclose their menstruation cycles. Mm-hmm. Creeps. Um, they reversed that decision. So, yay. Yay. No period reporting in your public school. Duh. Cool. Bar is so low. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, so, hey, at least it's, a, I guess, a win is a win. <laughs> it counts. We're counting it. We're, we're, counting putting it. In the, we're putting it in the W column, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, need, we need some more in there. <laughs> yeah, we do. Ugh. All right. Well, good for us. Good for us, as always. (laughs) We did it. Uh, Mm. Feminists Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Bye. Bye.